0: This internal family systems approach offers a way into self-compassion even when there's a very loud voice in your head that tells you you're useless and hopeless and have no self-control and there's no way through for you. That voice that tells you you're a pointless failure. It sounds really harsh, doesn't it? But for those of us who struggle with binging and overeating, that voice is so familiar that it can seem as if the messages have been there for as long as we can remember. Welcome to the Yo-Yo Freedom podcast. This is the place to learn actionable step-by-step tools and strategies to help you stop binging or overeating and start feeling relaxed and confident around food, so that you can show up for your life on your terms. I'm Gemma Keys, and I know firsthand what it's like to feel out of control around food and trapped in the pain of binge eating and body shame. There is a way out. Keep listening to discover your path to food freedom. Hello and welcome. We are continuing to talk about urges to eat urges that are that full-on drive to get out and get the food right away that you'll be oh so familiar with if binge eating or overeating is a challenge for you. Yes, urges can be scary, they can be unpredictable, intense and also you can feel totally out of control and also if you don't know how to cope with them they can have the power to throw you completely off balance to derail your efforts to eat in a way that you know supports you and to really bring you down by leading you to grab foods that leave you feeling wiped out and all-round terrible both in yourself and about yourself. Ugh! It doesn't sound great so far does it but that's what these episodes are about finding a way through urges so that they become way less of an issue. In episode eight, you learned about the first tool that will help you cope with and get through an urge. You heard the first steps to feel an urge in your body and to move from resistance or trying to ignore it, which only acts to ramp up the intensity of that urge, to experience it until it's passed all the way through you and dissipated. In this episode, episode 9, I'm going to let you into a tool that you can use in so many areas of your life, including with urges, and also that is especially helpful if you have a tendency to beat yourself up over your eating, to come down hard on yourself, and to just feel bombarded by all that super mean negative self-talk. The good news is that no matter how strong or overpowering the urge, there is a way through. And the more urges you explore in the ways I'm sharing, the less power they hold over you. And even their physiological intensity actually reduces over time. More about that in episode 10. You might find you prefer one tool over another and that's absolutely fine, go with it. This whole podcast is about finding the way through binge eating and overeating that is most effective for you. And that means adopting techniques that help and dropping any that don't feel right for you or don't resonate. So I wonder if this story strikes a chord... As you listen, just notice anything that comes up for you, any feelings and any shifts in your reaction or in your perspective. If you think back, can you remember that kid at school, the one who was a bit too cool for school really, maybe 15 or 16 years old, he's edgy, he seems a bit standoffish and perhaps sort of condescending. Maybe it's because of that constant cross between a slightly mocking half-smile and a snarl that seems to stay right there on his face. He likes to drink and smoke, he wears a lot of black. I mean, he carries off a leather jacket as if he was born to wear it. This guy can fix you with such a withering look that you want to curl up and die inside. You feel so... Inconsequential and kind of foolish. And the harder you try to be laid back and cool, the more ridiculous you end up acting in front of him. He's the strong, silent, withdrawn type who can't really be bothered to talk to anyone. It's as if he won't sink to their level. So he's kind of intimidating, unknown, unpredictable. You often come away from being with him feeling silly or irrelevant, especially when you've been at the wrong end of a cutting remark or a joke. You're wary of him, and probably most adults have labelled him a troublemaker too. Can you feel that discomfort? Your suspicion and wanting to keep your distance, and at the same time, secretly wanting his approval? There's something about him that's mysterious and you're a little bit drawn to, but he's mostly risky and you don't want to get hurt or certainly not look stupid. Take a moment to feel your reaction to whoever the person was at your school who brings up those sort of memories. Imagine that the next month you're put next to this guy in art class. You're wary, but gradually notice that you're getting to know him a little better. You share the odd word and then a couple of sentences. You find out some stuff you didn't know or even imagine might be going on for him. For example, you find out that his mum's been sick for a long time and he's doing a lot at home to help out and also to look after his little sister. He finds school tough. As well as the stresses of academic learning, the teachers always seem to assume the worst and he ends up getting more detentions and exclusions than the other kids. Because of the extra responsibilities at home, he doesn't get much downtime. He makes a joke about it, but you can tell he doesn't feel as if anyone really gets him. So he has a constant sense of not quite fitting in and and also of being an outsider. Maybe on hearing that, you're starting to feel a little differently toward him. He's slightly less scary and unknown. If he'll let you, you'd like to find out more about him. Perhaps you notice your antagonism toward him begin to soften as he opens up just a little. Gradually, you feel more confident to start the odd conversation with him. No expectation, just a gesture and an offer to see what might come up. As he begins to trust you more, he tells you that watching and not saying much feels safer than putting himself out in the world. He expects people to assume negative stuff about him. Life can feel a bit heavy for him sometimes, and having a drink takes the edge off. It offers a moment to relax and maybe even to smile, a moment to lighten the load and forget his other responsibilities. Even if it's just the alcohol, he feels that little bit less self-conscious and as if he's part of something. And the smoking, well, it's so much easier to have something to do with his hands when he's feeling unsure of himself. As you hear more about this kid, do you notice any more shifts in your feelings towards him? Most people have a pretty strong memory of being at school with someone who had the ability to make them feel really inadequate, so I wouldn't be at all surprised if you had a visceral response to the initial description of this boy. But isn't it interesting how finding out more opens a space for a significant change in perspective – A different understanding of who he is and what he stands for, which in turn leads to a complete change in how you interact with him and react or respond to him. It's this very same approach that can really, really help you get close to urges, to understand them way better, to reduce your fear of them and so to de-escalate their intensity. And it's also an approach that's backed by rigorous and ongoing research. The Internal Family Systems Model, or IFS for short, is radically transforming how we relate to many behaviours, including those that might be considered compulsive or addictive, like binge eating. The steps you're going to hear about in this episode are grounded in IFS and I'm just letting you know that so that you can remind yourself of the science behind this technique because it might seem a little unfamiliar at first and something you're not used to but it's thoroughly researched and peer-reviewed and if you stick with it it's powerful enough to help you transform your eating. So let's get into the tool, the second tool to help you cope with and navigate those urges to binge or overeat. As we've already discussed, urges can be intimidating and scary, a bit like that edgy kid at school. The following technique offers a way to connect with an urge so that you can understand it much better, a way to gain insight into why an urge is there and to ramp down your fear of it and resistance to it. Just reducing that resistance can in itself ease the intensity of an urge. You'll discover how to slow things down and get beneath the surface desire to cram the double tube of Oreos in your mouth inside a three minute window until your head's aching so much you have to go and sleep it off. And you'll find out why the urge is there and how it's almost certainly trying to do its best for you, as counterintuitive as that can seem how it's trying to help you out in some way. Understanding the true intentions behind an urge can completely change how you relate to it and what you do next, just like it did with the young man in the example. This can even allow you to find some compassion for the part of you that's so desperate to eat. And that really is mind-blowing I know I'd heard so much about self-compassion and being kind to myself and accepting myself just as I was and I thought it was all baloney to be honest or something I had to force or pretend I was feeling. It seemed so completely unattainable and really just a superficial act especially when it came to food and binging. This internal family systems approach offers a way into self-compassion, even when there's a very loud voice in your head that tells you you're useless and hopeless and have no self-control and there's no way through for you. That voice that tells you you're a pointless failure. It sounds really harsh, doesn't it? But for those of us who struggle with binging and overeating, that voice is so familiar that it can seem as if the messages have been there for as long as we can remember. Just one caveat, you need to give this a go to really feel the power in it for yourself. I encourage you and invite you not just to listen, but to try it out and simply see what you notice. And there's no need to note it all down. You can download your own step-by-step guide if you go to the show notes for this episode at yoyofreedom.com forward slash nine. So here's what to do. As we go through the process, you can think back to the last time you felt an urge to eat and apply what you're hearing to that time. In fact, it's important to remember that using this approach after an urge can be just as impactful as using it when you're experiencing an urge. Or, if you're feeling an urge right now, tune into that. Step one is to ask yourself, when an urge comes up for me, how do I experience it? How do you sense the urge in or around your body? Perhaps you notice a tension in your jaw, a tightness in your throat, a flood of saliva in your mouth, a weight across your shoulders or a gaping hollow in your stomach. Gently turn your attention toward whatever it is that's coming up for you. Step two, as you focus more on the urge, how else would you describe it? Do you have an image of the urge, maybe as a rock or a cloud, an animal or even a riled up teacher? I often envisaged my urge as a kind of grey alien that started at the back of my head and gradually extended these long tentacles around my face and jaw and then down across my shoulders and my neck. It It was horrible. You might have an image, but if you don't, then that's absolutely fine. Just become aware of how you sense the urge. Step three, as you become more familiar with how the urge shows up for you, find out what else there is to understand about it. You can do this by directing questions straight to the urge and simply open the space to see what comes up in response if that sounds a bit strange, just give it a go and see what happens. Here are some questions you can ask. Why are you here right now? What do you want for me? What do you want me to do? Or maybe what do you want me not to do? Is there a job you do for me? If there is, how long have you been doing that job? Do you like it? Tell me more about what it's like for you. Is it working in the way you're toped? What else do you want me to know? As you ask those questions, simply open up a quiet space and see if any responses or answers or reactions come up for you. Step four, as you potentially begin to understand more about the urge, how do you feel toward it? You don't need to try and force anything here. Again, just notice what comes up. Perhaps you feel a slight openness to finding out more, a glint of understanding as to why the urge might be showing up, a tiny bit of recognition or even gratitude as you hear what it's trying to do for you. If you continue to feel resistance, fear or hatred toward the urge, that's fine too. You might think of those feelings as different parts of you with different opinions and concerns. One way to relate to those feelings is to ask them if they're willing to take just one step back to give you the space to find out more about the urge. You might offer that as you get to understand the urge better, it will become much less threatening. And then those other parts holding those other feelings will end up benefiting too. And again, that might sound super odd, but I invite you to simply give it a try and see what comes up when you do. If you notice a shift that allows you to continue to explore the urge, keep going with these questions. If it seems that a different emotion is blocking your way, you can turn your focus toward that emotion instead and ask exactly the same questions right back from the beginning. Step five is to notice any shifts as you move closer to or connect with the urge like this. So if you notice any sense of curiosity, openness or understanding toward the urge, let it know that that's what you're feeling. In other words, send the urge a message of your care and attention. As you direct that intention toward the urge, do you notice a response or a shift for example, you may notice a sense of relief from the urge at being heard and validated, or a slight relaxation at having your attention. Whatever comes up, just notice. Does the intensity of the urge change as you open to connecting with it? What else happens to the urge? And the final step, step six, is is to ask the urge what it's afraid might happen if it didn't step in by creating such an intense desire to eat. Again, just give this question a chance and see what comes up. Urges can be there to protect you from, for example, feeling a really painful emotion like loneliness or loss. They can be there to enforce a break in a hectic schedule of caring for others Or maybe to try to create a moment of pleasure or joy in a life that otherwise feels really relentless or maybe even grueling. And if you keep going, the part of you that wants to eat probably has a big underlying fear of what will happen to you if it stops doing its job. You might even ask the urge what it needs that would allow it to be reassured, to relax and to loosen its grip. Again, whatever comes up, no matter how far-fetched it might seem, is worth listening to. If you sense a deeper understanding of an underlying fear held by an urge, ask what it might be like to offer what it needs safely and without its worst fear becoming a reality. Now, if all of that sounds strange, I totally get it. It seemed really strange to me too when I first heard about it and experienced it. My only invitation to you is to give it a try. Like I said, the process is very experiential, so it's only through engaging with it that you can discover how it works and the impact it can have. In time, you're likely to understand the urge so well that in as little as a few seconds per day, you can check in to soothe it, or to offer the kind of support in advance to prevent an urge even arising? You can answer the questions on paper if you prefer, and as I mentioned earlier, you'll find a downloadable PDF guide in the show notes for this episode at yoyofreedom.com forward slash nine. And if you have any questions, I'd love to hear them, so feel absolutely free to send them over to me at info at yoyofreedom.com. I'd love to hear what you uncover as you explore this way of connecting with your urges. And in the next episode, we'll move on to the physiology behind an urge and how to keep taking steps forward to reduce the physical cravings associated with urges. That's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening subscribe to the yo-yo freedom podcast for more insight tools and support as you pull back from binging and overeating and step into your most authentic vibrant life if you found this episode helpful it would be wonderful if you'd take a moment to rate the yo-yo freedom podcast on whichever platform you listen on thank you so much bye-bye for now